This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Raiders. Would you believe it? This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. Kicking off hour number two of unnecessary roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Going to be getting into some NFL news and notes in just a quick second. I did want to give you a little bit of Raiders news and notes real quick before we get into that because I like to take a look around the NFL. But uh, keeping it close to home right now, the Raiders have put out, and they just sent the email over as well. Uh, they put out the email and the Twitter account. We have placed Kenyon Drake on the non-football injury list. We have also placed Jalen Richard and Theo Riddick on the reserve COVID-19 list, which is going back to what Vinny Bonsignor said earlier uh, that they were on that COVID-19 list. So the Raiders make it official, but then also have placed Kenyon Drake on the non-football injury list. And from everything that I understand, and we'll ask Cassie Soto when she joins us at 3.30, he was off to the side today at practice and he wasn't he wasn't uh, working out, but he was uh, had the trainer next to him. So uh, just something to pay attention to. But those are just kind of the news and notes as far as the Raiders go. Uh, little roster moves, uh, you know, as the first day of training camp was uh, was today and is obviously over with now. But uh, they'll be backing at it early tomorrow morning, 730 to 930. And then I believe Greg Olson is going to be talking to uh, the media. And uh, who else knows or who knows who else they'll have out there. But uh, if it's anything like today, they'll have plenty of people talking to the media. Now, it's time to take a look at the rest of the NFL with Cover 3. It's time for Q's Cover 3 NFL news and notes of the day here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Now, we'll start off talking Xavier Howard because Brian and Henderson actually brought him up a couple times today. And uh, yesterday, I talked about Xavier Howard while I was over there at the facility in Henderson and said, yeah, he showed up. Showed up to training camp. No worries. No problem. Even though he missed mandatory minicamp, he's there. Well, apparently he was just there, so he didn't get fined. Uh, famous words that Marshawn Lynch said. And then also, DeMond, you said it yesterday as well. $50,000 made him show up. He didn't want to miss that $50,000. Well, that's true. Exactly, man. $50,000, that's a lot for any player. For any player. Even guys that had signed five years, $75.25 million uh, in just in 2019, he showed up. But he's not happy. Later on uh, yesterday evening, he actually uh, put out there that he uh, that he did request a, a formal trade. He went in and talked to the, the 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 team and told them that he wanted a trade. Then he put out there on uh, on Twitter and Instagram that he wanted a formal trade. And according to Ian Rappaport, less than a day after Xavier Howard requests a trade, two playoff teams have called the Dolphins about in- inquiring for him. Others have too. And uh, Howard did practice fully today, and he has handled himself like a professional, but he still wants to be traded. Man, it just makes you think like, what went bad so fast? Because this the nothing, Dolphins- nothing went bad. I mean, it, he put it out there that he's not mad at the organization. He he loves Miami. He's glad that they made him a second round pick in 2016 when he was drafted. It's all business. It's all business. You can't. But but Miami's gonna want something. Back. You can't. Well, of course. I mean, I mean, they're not gonna give him away. Yeah, you're not just giving a player like that away. But this is a good corner this is a pro bowl corner it's a damn good corner that's why playoff teams and that's what i'm and, and that what i mentioned to brian if you're a team that feels like you're one corner away one ball hawking corner away from taking that deep run you you'll probably make that move i can see a playoff team that that really feels like hey this is this is what who we need to be able to solidify who we are i can see them making that move and look the raiders could be that move that team we're just talking about do they have enough talent to make the playoffs 
Well, I do believe they have enough talent. What would a ball hawking corner do for you? <laughs> I mean, think about that. Think about that. It would do a lot, but I don't think the Raiders. Well, if we're going, I'm not gonna, saying they're going yeah, to. I'm just saying, just saying, like even hypothetically. Come on, man! They spent so much on this young secondary. Okay, that's what we keep hearing all the time. Uh, it's it's it, you're not wrong. They do. They have. They've given a lot of high draft picks. Trayvon Merrick, second round safety. Damon Arnett, first round corner. Trayvon Mullen, second year corner or second round corner. I mean, there's there's yeah, you're right. But there's also that hey. Do we want to win now or do we want to wait and try to let these guys develop? How bad do they want to win and how close do they think they are as well? If you're and we're not in the office, we're not. But if we're in the, in the office and we're sitting there and, and you're Mike Mayock and I'm John Gruden and we're spitballing back and forth. What do they always say? What does Mike Mayock always say? What does John Gruden always say? We're in the always getting better mode. GMs, talent evaluators, they're always in the improving the talent on the team. If they feel like Hey, Xavier Howard could be the guy that that puts his defense over top. What if Gus Bradley goes into into John Gruden and Mike Mayock's office and says, "Hey, dog, hold up. That's the ball hawk that I need on that this this side of the ball. You give me that guy, his defense is going to be top ten and create turnovers. If you're if you're Coach Gruden and you're Mike Mayock, you you, you, you at least think about it, right? Yeah, you at least think about it. But then you got to think that he wants a new contract. If it's all, if it's just coming down to business, it's not that he's always about the contract. Yeah, so he wants a new contract, of course. And assumingly, so he's probably going to be maybe top three highest paid corners in the league until yeah, until someone else uh, until somebody it, else breaks that right. So you're going to want a guy who's going to be one of the he's going to want to be the highest paid corner in the league. Absolutely, and he's maybe he'll to. set it for like two or three. Are you going to be willing to pay him that? I don't know. That's not my that's not my call. But. If you're in the business of improving your roster, it might be something that you do. Oh, yeah, definitely improve At the very end of the day, your job is to pick up the phone and see what would it take. What would it take to get it done? I mean, straight up. Hey, by the way, what do we need to give up to get X? Oh, well, we want, you know, two firsts. Okay, thanks, but no thanks. Oh, well, you know, it's negotiable. Okay. Look, you could do like the Seahawks did. The Seahawks went out and traded for Jamal Adams, and they still haven't given him a contract extension. And he's the same reason he wanted out of New York is the same reason X wants out of Miami. It always goes back to the money. It or always you can get lucky like a DeAndre Hopkins goes situation. back to the money. And just like because Arizona, like I didn't like they, I think it was just a second, right? A second and a running back, David Johnson. Yeah, a broke running back. I, I didn't, I, and I don't I, mean broke I, as in pocketbook. I mean broke like damaged goods. I wasn't gonna throw the man under the bus, you know. Obviously, his best days are behind him. But yes, the bus is coming down the road. <laughs> Get out the way. Yeah, just man, a second round pick, and then right. maybe, yeah. I'm I, look, man. At the end of the day, you never know what a team's gonna want. Just gotta make the call. You gotta make the call. So I, you know, going back to Brian's call, I don't, I don't begrudge him for saying that. And you know, he was talking about Hondo said you don't want him. I also understand where Hondo's coming from because of everything you just said. He's gonna want a lot of money. And what happens if you know? Two or three run or two or three DBs all of a sudden get paid more than him. Is he going to be knocking on the door saying, "Hey, I need some more money"? That's what happens with Julio Jones every year. That's why I was at first really opposed to the Raiders even going, making a move for Julio Jones because every single year he wants a contract extension. Every year he might as well just sign a series of one year deals because he always wants a new contract. But I get it, you know, I get it. I'm not saying that I, I like the way the business is handled in the NFL, but I get it. I totally get it. Like that Kanye line, man. I was having nervous breakdowns. Oh, man. Like, did you, man, bring they a, much did you find a way to bring Kanye back in here? Well, man, come on, man. It was, why are you hating on Kanye? I'm not hating on Kanye at all. Speaking of money, how about this? 
And this is good. This is good news for Alex Leatherwood, even though he's just a rookie. This is really good news for him. Colts have signed right tackle Braden Smith to a huge contract extension. How about this? A deal worth $72.4 million, including $42 million guaranteed. The right tackle position. Remember when the Raiders went out and made Trent Brown the highest paid right tackle in the league and everyone said, what are you doing? You don't give a right tackle that kind of money. That's left tackle money. Man, a tackle is a tackle at this point. The NFL has proven that you can have huge, great pass rushers coming off the left. You can have huge, great pass rushers coming off the right. You've got to protect your quarterback. You've got to protect that guy, the trigger man back there. They don't. It don't matter anymore. If you're left tackle, right tackle, you're going to get paid if you're good. Well, Braden Smith is good. He just got paid $72.4 million, $42 million guaranteed. And he's really, he wasn't always that good. He's really developed into that right tackle that they uh, that they really covet now. Uh, actually, Pro Football Focus graded him in the top 16 of his position this year. He's only 25 years old, and he was entering the final year of his rookie deal. So, uh, you know, there you go. Uh, he, he's getting paid, and that's, uh, again, for a guy like Alex Leatherwood, who's a rookie, you go ahead and you solidify who you are, and you, you know, you ball out, and you don't have to ball out your first year, but you have to develop into it just like Colton Miller did. Could you imagine how high the contract would be when he's looking for a new contract, a new deal in three, four years? Ooh. Come on. I mean, come on, man. Yeah. I mean, just simple as that. Simple as that. I mean, that's big time money right there. Now, a quarterback that uh, we talk about quite a bit. This guy. Brian Henderson also brought up Aaron Rodgers. And that's the conversation I told you, what, Monday? That that's going to be a conversation we hear all year long. And I hate it that it's going to be a storyline, but it's going to be a storyline. It's a story for because most, he's making it a story. For, well, no, for most teams across the league, their fan base is going to bring up the name Aaron Rodgers all the time. All the time. And now... Because he talked to the media today, and I'll tell you right now, he talked for 32 minutes. His presser was 32 minutes. Derek Carr talked to the media today, too. It was about 12, maybe 15. Aaron Rodgers talked for 32 minutes. And I know that you were involved in pulling some of the audio just to be able to bring to the table, but he spoke to the media. What were a couple of the highlights, and what's the soundbite that you want to play for us? Let's take a listen. That that should be a natural part of the conversation. Um... As that progressed from that point, nothing really changed on that front. Uh, so we got into March, and the conversation changed. Um, as I felt like, uh, if you can't commit to me past 2021, and I'm not a part of recruiting process and for agency, if I'm not a part of the future, then instead of letting me be a lame duck quarterback, if you want to make a change and move forward, then go ahead and do it. Um, That obviously didn't happen. Uh, Like I said, it wasn't a draft day thing. There were conversations for uh, a number of months leading up to that. Post the draft, I think what basically happened was then they said, uh, you know, we'll we'll give you some some money now. Let's see if we can throw some money at you. I said from the start it wasn't about the money. Um, Obviously, I didn't show up for the off-season program or mini-camp. To me, it was bigger than this. It was about uh, trying to be a resource for the organization that I care about and love so much. Um, so when the money came at me, the other part is, the backstory to that is, you know, after the season, there was a part of me that did think that there would be conversation about an extension. You know, based on my cap number this season, next season, it seemed natural based on the way I played to at least have a conversation about it. It wasn't a conversation. Uh, not until into May 
And that, to me, seemed like uh, an analogy that you guys understand. You guys have a fantastic year at work. You write some great stories. You go to your boss and say, I just had an incredible year. I think I deserve a pay raise or, uh, you know, some security. And the boss says, yeah, let's just see how it goes. A couple months down the line, you get another job opportunity. You go back to your boss and say, hey, I got this amazing job opportunity. And they say, whoa, 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 no, 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 we, we love you. We want you to... We do want you to stick around. We, you know, we do, we do care about you. Just have the same uh, feeling, you know. And so there you go, right there. Basically, Aaron Rodgers talking about the whole process, how everything shook out throughout the offseason, leading up to him reporting to training camp, and ultimately, what looks like this is going to be the last year in Green Bay. Now, is he going to end up becoming a, a free agent? Are they going to end up trading him? Um, what's going to happen? Is he in control? And I know he's actually said in, in that thirty-five minute presser he had that he's not in control of his destiny in 2022. So we'll see how that shakes out. Uh, we talked about at the, at the top of the show, Randall Cobb, he's headed to Green Bay. That's his old running buddy. Uh, DeMond doesn't think it's a big deal. And he's really not. I mean, it's it's the guy who's, you know, being traded for like a sixth or seventh round pick. It's not, It's it's again, it's nothing big, but it's Aaron Rodgers running mate. mate. So it is what it is. You know, he, he he's headed to Green Bay as well. He's I know he's pumped up about it. <laughs> he's fired up. You know, he's putting out tweets and, and sending text messages talking about headed back to Green Bay. I'm fired up. About to run with A-Rod one more time. So, oh, I'd be fired up too. Why wouldn't you? You know, you, you got out of Houston that looks like a dumpster fire. That is a dumpster fire. Oh, yes. And now all of a sudden you're headed to Green Bay with a guy that you know? Of course. Yeah, Randall Cobb should be. two years out of Green Bay have not been that good. You know, and actually it wasn't that bad. In Dallas, he wasn't that bad. I actually thought that he didn't have anything left in the tank because when Green Bay lets guys go, usually... They're at the end of their rope, but Randall Cobb played pretty good in Dallas, played all right in Houston last year, but Houston is kind of, well, it's not kind of, it's a, it's a dumpster fire Everybody's right now. trying to get out of Houston. In, including Deshaun Watson, and he was out there practicing today, which I kind of think was weird, you know, and the reason I kind of think it's weird, even though he hasn't been charged with anything, it just, it just seems like, again, and I said this yesterday on the show, all of a sudden it's business as usual, and nobody's thinking about Hey, well, there's a lot going on in this background. And maybe I'm maybe I shouldn't you're you not, trip off you're it. You're not overreacting at all. You're not overreacting at all. Like oh, it's just icky. It just doesn't feel right. Just, I just kind of feel like if I had a lot of things looming over my head and my name was associated with a lot of things, the fine folks here at Lotus Broadcast would probably say, like, you, you probably need to just stay stay away from me. No, no, no. I'm gonna come, come to work. I'm gonna yeah, come to work. You know, <laughs> hey, I gotta go do my radio show. <laughs> so but I mean he was look, he was running as a safety today. He was catching balls out of the backfield. David Culley didn't say if he's going to be a starter week one, but he didn't say he wasn't going to be the starter week one. Said that he's behind because he he wasn't there for the offseason program. So, I mean, David Culley almost made it sound like business as usual. Again, kind of strange, but he's a new coach, man. What's he supposed to say? I mean, that that's, he's I mean, talk, you know, because he doesn't have like that relationship with him or with the organization. Like if he came out and was just off script and just said, you know what? He's not gonna. He's not gonna touch the field until this is all cleared up. The organization may be like, "Hey, David, what you talking about?" David Culley, new Texans head coach, said uh, after practice that Watson's presence was not a distraction at all, and the quarterback has been professional. Still wants to be traded, but he's out there putting in work so he doesn't get the fifty thousand dollars fine that you oh, alluded yeah, I, to. I, I be forgetting about that sometimes. That we that it's so much about all these allegations, and it's just like that's why he shouldn't be there. But it's also, oh, he just technically doesn't want to be there either because before all this surfaced. He said, get me out of here. This organization is wasting the best years of my life. Right. Oh, man, that is one of those things. It's like, oh, yeah. He also doesn't want to be there as a player. Right. 
as opposed to all the personal things that that I think are the reason that he shouldn't be there in the first place. Exactly. David Coley went on to say that, uh, he, or he declined to say if Watson would be Houston's starting quarterback week one. He said, we're in training camp right now. Everybody's not going to make this team. But everybody who's out here right now doing training camp has an opportunity to make this football team. And that's what training camp is all about. And that's what we're doing right now. So he went around in a circle. Ooh, that's some head coach speak for you right there. That really is. That's some good head coach speak, right? I ain't saying that everyone out here is going to make the team, but everyone out here has an opportunity to make the team. And I don't know if Deshaun Watson is going to be on the team, but he has an opportunity to be on the team. That's what that was. And as of right now, he's on the team. And right now, he's on the team. He had a red don't-touch-me jersey on earlier. Then all of a sudden, he took the red don't-touch-me jersey off. So, again, we'll talk to John McClain on the show tomorrow. I'm very pumped up about that, 2.30. We'll get all the details. I know he was putting out some tweets, some kind of weird tweets at times. John, the thing about John, he's so funny. He'll tweet something out. And he'll never respond. If you ever notice, he'll never respond on Twitter. Like, if I tweet something out, someone hits me back, I'll respond to him. John don't care. John puts a tweet out, and then you can you could respond with whatever you want. He'll never, ever respond. He just doesn't care. He just puts it out into the universe and then lets it be, lets it go. But he had put something out earlier, and I, I should have pulled it up. Matter of fact, I could pull it up real quick. Where he basically alluded to Deshaun Watson. Hold on, let me get the exact quote because I'm going to totally mess it up. <laughs> and I don't want to do that. You don't want to misquote him. No, no, no. But it was so it was so short and it was so kind of like weird. It just didn't make a whole lot of sense. Not didn't make a lot of sense. It just was was kind of a weird tweet. Now I can't find it, of course. Man, what did he say? I need to know now. I know. Now I'm on the edge of my seat. What John McClain <laughs> says is just like Deshaun Watson. He's gonna be here. Uh Man. oh, here we go. Okay. Watching Watson throwing passes brings back memories of 2017 when he threw a short pass, took three steps, and blew out his ACL. That was the tweet. And he got 369 comments on it, 920 retweets, and 498 likes. And you know who didn't respond to any of those? You know who wasn't one of the 300 and something responses? John McClain. You know what? Yeah, come on, I don't even know what that means. Yeah, yeah, man. I don't even know what that means. I respect the hell out of John, but I don't know what that tweet means. He said, watching Watson throw passes, or yeah, brings back memories of 2017 when he threw a short pass, took three steps, and blew out his ACL. That was just, that was one of the observations from one John McClain. So that's all I got for you for cover three. Oh, no, I got a question for you. Okay, I got an answer. I was just thinking about this. Okay. Going into next season, 2022, who's more likely to be on their team, Watson or Rodgers? Um, is neither an option? <laughs> sure. Watson won't be on the Texans. I don't think he'll be on the Texans this year. I think he'll 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 end up getting either suspended or he'll get moved or or you know some team's gonna go and make a move for him. Brian and Henderson's already traded for him. Gangster Raiders already traded for him as well. He's made that uh, obvious that he he he'd make the he'd he'd make the call right now and uh, take his chances. I'm not that guy. Again, that's the reason why I don't gamble. Uh, scare money don't make money. I'm scared money. I have no problem telling you that. I am not that dude. Roll the dice. I'm kidding. I, I would. Yeah. I wouldn't either. No, I'm not, not a chance. It's it's no. And then Rogers. I mean, I guess there's a slight chance that he could play. I would say that there's less chance that Watson would be in Houston next year. But Rogers is right behind him. Right behind him. This I think is his. Like he put out there on Twitter over the weekend, the last dance. Now I think Devonte Adams will probably be with the Packers next year. Oh, man, I'll be so mad if Aaron Rodgers gets to leave if I'm Devontae Adams. 
She's like, yeah, man, we gonna. Well, be if you're up the Packers, if you're the Packers, would you just let him walk, or well, would yeah, you franchise of course, him? Of course, the Packers got to do what's best for business. You know, he's exactly. The, it's all about business. One of the best receivers in the league. Exactly. Got the highest rating on Madden. He's a 99. I'm not even worried about the video game. He's I, one I'm of the best saying, wide I'm receivers in the know, league. I'm saying, like, he's got 99 you know, on the field. Yo, he's 99. He's 99 on the field. The best. Yeah, forget the game. He's 99 yes. on the field. He's he's damn good. He's a great wide receiver. So uh, if I'm Green Bay, I'm not letting him just walk. I'm getting something for him if if but he's if, not going to be there. I mean, so I'm franchising. He's got the mentality. Like, Yo, me and A. Rod, we up out of here after this season. Like, not so fast. Maybe Aaron can walk, but uh, not you. We didn't agree to this. Yeah, exactly. I, well, I, I, I'd be there next season, just hurt, just man. <laughs> I can see that. I can absolutely see that. So that's all I got for you. Cover three NFL news and notes of the day. We do it every single day at 3 p.m. Uh, coming up next, we'll take your calls. We'll take your texts. Uh, 702-365-9200. And, of course, the text line, the Sam and Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. And then coming up at 3.30, Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. She'll join us to talk about what she saw from uh, from everyone out there as uh, day one of training camp got started today for the Raiders. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. What's up, Raider Nation? This is Hall of Famer Tim Brown, and you listen to Raider Nation 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Coming up in just a few minutes, Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review-Journal, who was out there at practice today at the facility in Henderson, going to get her thoughts on what she saw, what she heard. All the good stuff will be coming up with Cassie in just a few minutes. But on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R, visit com because you deserve what's right. Tom, very active on, on the text line. I do appreciate that. Uh, we were talking about talent. If this team has enough talent to make it to the playoffs and make a run. And he said, no, Q. Don't see offense improving much, if any. Won't beat Kansas City with full fans. Defense can't be worse. Won't have much of a home field advantage. 70-30 split, maybe. And then he said, uh, on the team, Xavier Howard, maybe gets you one extra win. When they have more games like Kansas City game than Atlanta, New England, Buffalo, Tampa Bay, Miami, Indy games, then you trade for a player like Howard. And he also said, they built Bengals as much as they could for Andy Dalton. How did that go? He at least played in a playoff game. Who's had more talent, the Bengals or these Raiders? That's all from Tom. Pretty aggressive. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it didn't stop there. Okay. Because then he came in and defended me a little bit. Or at least he's on my side. Okay. That was ridiculous trading for Cobb now. Hollow gesture. Yes, he's happy to leave Houston. Everyone would be happy to leave there. Okay. We all, we all know I mean, it. that's fine. We all know it. Again, it's not a big deal. It's just It was just something that they did. A hollow gesture. I would never use that phrase, but I'm glad he said it. Well, actually, he wrote Hollow Jester. Hello, Hollow. Hollow be thy name. <laughs> Speaking of thy name, how about Cassie Soto, who is patiently waiting on the Raider Nation hotline, and we bring her in from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Cassie, we do appreciate you this afternoon. Today was the first day of actual practice. Uh, as far as the guys on the field, the intensity as they came out for practice, how intense did you, did you see these guys? How fired up were they to be out there this morning? Hey, Q. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, definitely fired up. So I was out there for OTAs and for minicamp, and there was just something about today that seemed like, all right, it's time to get down to business for these guys. Like, the vibe was just a little bit different. I mean, everybody you could tell uh, was honed in. Um, I was closest to the offensive linemen, and, you know, I could see – uh, Andre James, right? Pretty, pretty great that I was close to him because he also spoke to the media today. So I got some really good video of him there. Um, could see him in there and ready to take over this new role. 
um, as starting center. And, yeah, I could just tell everybody was honed in. Um, we heard from Max Crosby. He's a guy that since um, I think he joined this organization that he just brings, like, the heat. You know, I could see him when they were stretching in the drills and stuff. Like, he's jumping up and down. He's he's the one singing and dancing. But, like, when it was time to get serious, you could tell that that he was in game mode. You know, you mentioned the offensive line being near Andre James, and he did speak with the media today. Uh, what was your biggest takeaways from him, and, and, and how much do you think he's ready to embrace that role, that starting center? Yeah, I think he's really ready. And it was interesting because, yeah, he, he says, obviously, I, I never even snapped the ball once in college at UCLA. And then he comes in and he thought he was going to be a guard, but because of his height, he's the coach has said like, Hey, actually you're going to be center. He's like, okay, cool. <laughs> you know, like just to just completely switch up your, uh, your position. And I think in any other year besides last year, uh, th- that, that works. Um, and he's obviously gotten the reps. He said being able to learn from Rodney Hudson, um, who he's replacing now was huge. And you have to think about it, like practicing next to these guys, um, Richie Incognito, like you learn a lot from the veterans. And I think like through three years into it, he spoke just totally confident today. And I think he's, he's going to be ready to go. What did you see from Richie Incognito uh, from today since he is coming off that uh, Achilles injury that he suffered in 2020? You know what's so funny? He was running. They were running drills. And I don't know what word um, to, uh, offensive line coach Tom Cable said when, when they were there like practicing at the line. Uh, line of scrimmage, and uh, he he jumped early, right? So it would have been a false start, I guess, technically, if they were in a game. And you could just hear him say, expletive, he got me. And it was just <laughs> funny, you know, like this guy who's a veteran is still like, he still has things to fix and to work on. And, you know, obviously those are where you want to make those mistakes and correct it. Um, but, yeah, he was just in a really good mood, really good spirits. And at one point, they, the, the offensive lineman huddled up, and Richie Incognito was in the middle of the huddle. So, obviously, he's ready to go. If you think back to OTAs, I think um, somewhat he was asked, like, hey, like, why are you here? You know, like, you don't have to be here. And he goes, well, like, if I'm not here, who is? Mm-hmm. You know, like, if I don't set the example, why would these guys want to show up? So, I think, yeah, that, that unit is really coming together. Talking right now with Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. You can find her on Twitter, at Cassie Soto, and here with us on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. As far as Henry Ruggs, that was the guy that I was paying attention to when he was talking. I know you asked a few questions. You tweeted out some pictures and some quotes from him. Uh, He says he gained 13 pounds, and he was very, as a matter of fact, about that. But it wasn't, obviously, not sloppy 13 pounds. We saw him at the the Battle for Vegas, the softball charity event going on at Las Vegas Ballpark. He looks ripped. Uh, Up close to personal. How did just Henry Ruggs look to you when you were in that meeting session? Yeah, Derek Carr said he's got to get him in like the, the his, his tankless or his uh, sleeveless tank so he can show <laughs> off his guns. Like apparently, yeah, he's got muscles hiding in there. I don't know, according to Derek Carr. Um, but yeah, no, he looked really good. Um, you know, like you said at that softball event, you know, it, there was another softball charity softball event. I think he won MVP or something, right? Yeah, Is yep, that? Yep. Yeah, yeah. So I guess that's a backup career. But I know he wants to focus here on. <laughs> on helping lead the Raiders now. And like he said, he wants to be, be a better leader and um, step up in his role now. And I don't remember if, if Derek Carr was asked about the relationship. Um, and that was a miss on me. I should ask too, but just like how the relationship between the both, between the two of them is growing because they obviously have to trust one another. Um, and that'll definitely grow as, as training camp goes on. And, yeah, just hopefully to be able to see him explode and use this speed and, 
and put this weight to good use now is definitely what we're going to be keeping our eyes on here in the next couple of weeks. And it was funny, uh, Vinny and I, uh, Vinny Bonsignor, we did our, our, for our review journal, we did a post-game uh, or post-practice wrap-up. And I was joking. I'm like, man, don't ask me, like, if I put on any off-season weight. Like, this is, like, the only thing <laughs> you can ever ask if they're putting on, like, hey, man, you look bigger. Like, did you gain? Did you gain a couple times? Like, do not ask me that. Like, what the heck? <laughs> That's great. That's great I stuff. Laugh. I just laugh. Like, hey, you look bigger. Like, bro, what? <laughs> no, Cassie, no, you said that, and like, you had me thinking, because I was looking at Cars Fit. He had the cut up. You know, that was a shirt that had sleeves, and he cut them off himself. And then you got rugs, yeah. and he's wearing a long sleeve shirt and a bucket hat, and it's like, come on, man, it's like ninety eight degrees out here, man. Why are you hating on always wearing? It was hundred. It was definitely a hundred. A hundred degrees and a long sure. sleeve. I don't care if you're indoors. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. One of the uh, the Raiders PR staff too was wearing long sleeves, and like it was actually really nice at the start of camp. So it started at seven thirty, right? It was still like eighty five degrees out there, and but we had like some really nice cloud coverage, and then maybe like twenty minutes. Um, and our shooting period left, the sun came out. And I looked at the PR guy. I was like, yeah, long sleeve was a bad choice today, huh? And he goes, yeah, all of a sudden. <laughs> I See, I thought that they were just rocking the dry fit. And I'm okay with the long sleeve dry fit. I, I think that that's good. Dry fit's cool. You, you, I don't know. You got to stay covered up. It's actually a proven science. I've had this conversation. Mama Q, we had this conversation the other day. And it's a proven science that if you actually cover up, you stay cooler. <laughs> you do. Really? Yeah. I, I ain't believing it either. Well, tomorrow don't. Okay. Well, I wore I wore a short sleeve. I wore I wore a Derek Carr cutoff tank today, right? I had the I had the shoulders out. All and right. Next time, I, next time I'll wear a long sleeve, and I'll probably be sweating even more, and I'll just prove your theory wrong. No, no, wear the drive. <laughs> you got to wear the dry fit though. You got to get the dry okay. fit. It's different. I got you. It's okay. just different. Right. We're talking right That's now with Cassie Soto. <laughs> We're not going to talk all kind of uh, wardrobe malfunctions or wardrobe here on Radio Nation Radio 920, but we had to get that out of the way. DeMond had to get that off his chest. So uh, as far as Henry Ruggs goes in his leadership, you mentioned that. I-, I found that to be interesting because we know he didn't have the season that he wanted or Raider Nation wanted him to have his rookie year. But then to come back and say that he wants to be much more of a leader, I found that to be interesting. And I actually thought that that was a, a good showing of, of maturity and how much he's taking this really, really seriously. Oh, for sure. And I mean, like, how nerve-wracking, right, to, to let alone have, be a rookie in the NFL, but to be a rookie who didn't get, like, an offseason. You just kind of got thrown into it. You didn't get to, to have a rookie camp. You didn't get to the, really mingle with these guys ahead of time. And so to establish, you know, a place for himself in this locker room throughout the year um, where, where you'd think those relationships would have been established already in the offseason, to do that, though, like – or during like live games and everything. I think now that he's had some time with these guys and so like I said, like find himself, I feel like is definitely going to pay off and we're going to see that leadership um, from a second year guy. Looking at the defensive side of the ball, obviously that's the, the big uh, elephant in the room, been talking about that all off season long, but now that it's, it's, it's go time, Unique Ngakwe, Max Crosby, how do you think those two guys help each other? And you mentioned Max Crosby and kind of his tempo and his, his energy that he had at practice today. Uh, how much do you see him benefiting from having Unique Ngakwe across from him? Oh, like I, I think just like over and over again, we'll, we'll be able to see that. And again, it was kind of funny. I asked, I got ahead of myself and I asked Max Crosby, like, hey, like, is anybody standing out to you? He's like, well, like, he laughed. He's like, well, it's only the first day. And so yeah. I was like, all right, you're right, you're right. Okay, my bad. But, you know, like, still, like, these guys, they've seen enough football players in their life to be like, okay, that guy has something special. And I think that that's what Unique and Gawkway saw in Max Crosby when you think back to, to OTAs and minicamps when we were able to talk 
um, Tianik. And yeah, again, those guys, now that they have some time that, that COVID, hopefully, you know, knock on every piece of wood out there is, is letting these guys um, practice together and, and hang out together, eat together, that they're just going to grow. And, and I think a, like what a lot of them had to say, and I think what we'll be hearing these next few weeks as we hear from players is that the camaraderie and building that brotherhood off the field is what's going to help them on the field. Right. And, and Jalen Richard and Theo Riddick, two guys that didn't participate today. Yeah. Uh, the Raiders released a statement that they're, you know, in COVID-19 protocol, uh, our tag team partner and your tag team partner, Vinny Bonsignor, he put that out there on Twitter a little bit earlier uh, in the day. And then uh, Kenyon Drake was put on the non-injury, uh, non-football injury list. But as far as uh, Riddick and, and Richard go, I, I felt like it was pretty encouraging that it was only those two guys and that everyone else out there, well, outside of Drake, was a full participant in practice today. What were your thoughts? Yeah, well, it was interesting. Um, when we were out there, we got out there right away, and we saw a couple players wearing masks, and we didn't want to jump to any conclusions or anything, but there was Andre James. He wore his mask um, in the post, um, post-practice press conference. You could see that when, when they were showing those mm-hmm. interviews. Um, Josh Jacobs had, had a mask on. Um, Cleveland Furl had a mask on, and we know Furl had some opinions about the vaccination the other day, I believe, on social media. Right. Um, but we were wondering, like, there was, I think we we listed like ten guys. Me, um, Heidi Fang, uh, my my RJ colleague, she had listed down like ten guys. And we're like, well, that's a lot more than the four or five guys that were not vaccinated, according to John Gruden yesterday that he had mentioned in his um, mm-hmm. in his press conference. But then we obviously saw that Riddick and Richard came back, and now we're wondering like, okay, is that a close contact? So that's obviously questions to be asked tomorrow. Because yeah, if, if they're um, if they're masking up during practice, we don't want to just assume that they're not vaccinated because that's not fair. And if they were a close contact and they're just being you know precautious now, then then good on them. Right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you just never know that these guys mm-hmm. could be wearing the mask just just to make sure that they wear them, and, and just because we all know how how this how this thing is going, especially here uh, in the seven hundred two Las Vegas in the Henderson area, and just how the numbers are going up. So you got to definitely watch out for that, and don't want to jump to conclusions like you mentioned. Uh, anybody stand out to you that I haven't mentioned that may be someone that you know we're not really talking enough about? My guy, Javen White. I was going to ask you about him. I was going to ask you about him. I'm glad that he's, I'm glad you brought him up. Good job. <laughs> I did see him, and actually Nick Morrow uh, called him out by name, and I was like, okay, Javen. <laughs> that number 53, I told you I'd keep my eyes yep. on him. I did. Yeah, he was in there. He was looking good. Um, he looked like he, uh, he bulked up maybe a little bit as well coming into his second year now. Again, that's the guy that I'm going to have my eyes on there in the linebacking core, and and uh, the fact that Nick Morrow just said, you know, like, this is a guy, like, basically watch out. You know, I'm excited to see what he has to offer. Like, that's all signs point up there. Yeah, it is. And, you know, I'm glad you brought up Nicholas Morrow because that's a guy that John Gruden talked to us about when I was there yesterday as well. And then he was made available to the media and he was talking and he, he sounded like he had a, a lot better understanding of what he was supposed to be doing. And it sounded like that uh, he's really picking up what Gus Bradley, Richard Smith, you know, what the linebacking coaches are, are telling them to do. And he potentially, and again, this is just the first day of training camp, so I don't want to get ahead of myself, potentially could be a big-time player in this defense. Yeah, absolutely. And he had mentioned, too, I think, I don't know who asked again, but yeah, just like how he was kind of settling in to Gus Bradley. And he's like, oh, you know, like, uh, I, I think he's on his third coordinator. Is it third coordinator now? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. He, yeah. You know, and he says, like, besides verbiage and stuff, like, it's all like a little bit of the same in this. And so he seems like a guy who 
who just knows the game. And, you know, he said he, he prides himself on being a versatile player, and, and that's what you need, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And so I think, yeah, like you said, he has the potential. And, and uh, I'm saying that word, who was it, Max Crosby? He's like, man, I hate that word. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, that's all we have to go off of right now, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly right. Well, well, Cassie, uh, th- thank you so much uh, for joining us. I wanted to just get your thoughts on the first day of practice. I wasn't able to be out there. I was filling in for the morning show and uh, maybe be out there tomorrow. Not too sure. But either way you look at it, man, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. The football season is back. And I know you have a lot of things coming out on the RJ. I know you guys are working on a lot of things. What, what do you have coming out that a Raider fan should be on the lookout for? Yeah, Vinny and I did a recap of today's training camp. So if you need more Raiders training camp info, just go ahead and head on over to VegasNation.com and you can find it all there. There it is. And, of course, you can find everything that Cassie does on her Twitter account as well, at Cassie Soto. And she joins us here on Wednesdays at uh, 3.30 on Unnecessary Roughness. Cassie, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate you, and uh, we'll be talking soon. Thanks, fellas. Appreciate it. Absolutely. There she goes, Cassie Soto. With the details of what was going down, how it was going down this uh, this morning over at Henderson in the facilities, and they'll be doing it again tomorrow, seven a seven thirty a.m. to nine thirty a.m. And then uh, offensive coordinator Greg Olson will be talking, followed by I'm sure a couple players will join him as well. So uh, lots of good uh, uh, availability being made right now by the Raiders. So we definitely appreciate that, and uh, we'll continue to get to some more feedback on uh, what we've been hearing, what we've been seeing, and uh, like I said, a lot of a lot of guys made available to the media today. We didn't even have enough time to, to get into any of the, really the sound bites from Derek Carr, Nicholas Morrow, Andre James, Max Crosby, Henry Ruggs. I mean, there's so much that was available. We just don't have the time to get to it, but uh, it is all good, and we do appreciate Cassie breaking it down f- with us uh, just a, a few seconds ago. So uh, 3.44 is the time. We'll come back. We'll close out the show. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Oh, for sure. I mean, you look at the guys that are there at the park training. It's the guys that are out there playing on Sundays. You know, it means something to them. So for to take, you know, to wake up at 6 o'clock in the morning on a Wednesday in the offseason, you know, to beat the heat and get out there on the field, it, it shows a lot, you know, for how bad you want this. There you go. That's Raiders center expected to be a starting center, Andre James, talking to the media earlier today. He's taking over for Rodney Hudson. Big shoes to fill, but as it's been said many times, he doesn't have to be Rodney Hudson. He just needs to be the best Andre James he could be. The Raiders uh, felt like he was ready for that position for a reason. Now he's got to go out there and earn it. And uh, he met with the media earlier today. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. I wanted to pass this tweet on that we got earlier from uh, Just Win Wendy. And whenever you tweet at us or text at us or give us a call, I like to pass it along because, well, you take the time to to reach out to us. So I want to make sure that uh, your voice is heard one way, one how. So Just Win Wendy at Just Win Wendy 88 on Twitter said, I can't ever imagine cheering for a quarterback with more than 25 criminal and civil cases concerning abuse of women. And the Raider organization would never hire a quarterback with those issues. Issues. Uh, Tracy Belitnikoff uh, and other ordina- uh, organizations, the Raiders support. Uh, and that's real. Uh, you know, that was something, I, and I, I re- responded, it was like, great point, great point. You know, I know that that's one area that the Raiders don't plus play around with is, is you know, any kind of assault or or abuse towards women and going back to Fred Belitnikoff's daughter, Tracy, and what she dealt with with an abusive uh, relationship. And uh, I know Mark Davis takes that very, very seriously. So just when Wendy brings up a great point, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not the guy that's sitting there pounding the table and saying, hey, go, go, get, uh, go get Deshaun Watson while he's 
while he's uh, you know a cheap hire right now, or maybe the, the Texans will just go ahead and take anything for him right now. Again, I wouldn't touch him at all at, at this point. I would say, hey, you know, you just and I hate to say that because I know you're innocent until proven guilty, and he'll have his day at some point. But there's just so much smoke around him. You got to feel like there's there's some fire coming from somewhere, right? You you would think so. Uh, again, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to call the man guilty before anything happens, and we don't even know if it's going to end up going to court. We don't have any idea. It's such a sticky situation, and that's why I said we'll ask Deshaun or we'll ask uh, John McClain tomorrow about Deshaun Watson. Yeah, it's I I hate that we have that innocent until proven guilty because it's just like why I mean that's that, I mean that's what well, it's supposed it's, to be. It's well, just yeah, it's, it's good. When it's it, not that way anymore. I mean, even though that's what it's supposed to be, it's really. You're guilty, and then you got to prove that you're innocent, and that's not fair. That's not cool. I don't. I wouldn't. I mean, if, if you were if you were on, in the line for something, you wouldn't want people to say, "Well, Demond's got to prove that he's innocent," and they just assume that you're guilty. We can have that kind. We could take. We could take a whole. We could take a whole another hour. We could take a whole hour of, from Benny's show that I wouldn't do that, but we could take a whole hour talking about that. I wouldn't want to go there. We already know how that goes. But let's say like people are like oh, OJ was proven innocent. Yeah, I'm not have going OJ the, on the show. I'm not going all the way back to OJ. Not going back all the way to OJ. Is that the only case that you've ever heard of? Oh no, there are more. But I just, <laughs> about to say, on, you take it. You were a new booty. You were a youngster when that happened. No, but, but you can still see him around town, and sometimes it's just like, hey, it's OJ. Yeah, I'm not. I'm definitely not going to shout out OJ. Seven zero two three six five ninety two hundred. I will shout out my guy Joey in Fresno. You're on unnecessary roughness. What's on your mind, my man? What's up, Q? Five five nine. What's up, five five nine? Represent, baby boy. What's up, man? I I just nothing specific. I just want to say congratulations, man, on his gig. I listen to the podcast all the time. Proud of you, man. Uh, keep up the good work. Uh, nothing specific. I'm just excited about the season, man. You know, that time of year, I don't care about Christmas. I don't care about Thanksgiving. Like, start a training camp and give me goosebumps. You know, we all know uh, preseason, regular season, a couple weeks away. You know, it's the best time of year, man. It's, it's great. Absolutely. Let me ask you this. We were talking about talent and the Raiders' talent as far as the playoffs and how far they can go. What are your thoughts on that? Do they have the talent to get to the playoffs and make a run? I think we've had talent the past couple of years. Okay. I think we had. I think we just got to let it put all together. We got to put it all together with the coaching staff, with the defensive scheme. And you know, I'm, I don't want to be that that fan that says DC is not the problem. DC is not the problem, which is not the problem. We all know defense was the problem. We would have right. been 11 to five last year if the defense would have just stepped up in the last couple minutes of the game. There you go. But um, I, I have a feeling we're, we're going we're gonna to put it together this year. I really do. Okay, I like it. I like it, Joey. Thank you for the call. Representing that 559. That double nickel and that Nina. You know what I'm saying? I'm not mad at that at all. I'm a 559er myself. Spent a long time in the Bay. I'm originally a Bay dude, but spent a long time in the 559. Matter of fact, my son, he's still in the 559. He's about to go to Western Oregon, play some hoops. His uh, former school, Roosevelt, there in the 559, put out a tweet. Congratulations to Keon Myers, too, for making CIF D5 first team All-State honor well-deserved. Shout out to my man. It's awesome. It is, man. All-State, Western Oregon. Going to Western Oregon. Six-foot-five point guard. You guys haven't heard me start telling the stories about Little Q. I say I say little Q and six, and five, six five in the same sentence, knowing he's taller than me. So it's hard to say little Q, except for I still got the age on him. So I was gonna say you probably still got some size on him too, because you're six five point guard. I'm thinking he hasn't even got the college yet. Do we hit the weights? Not, not enough. He's he's still a little thin, but he's he's one of those guys that's gonna be thin for a long time, regardless how much he eats and how much he hits the mm-hmm. weights. He ain't gonna be no guy that's you know looking like you, looking like you're you're in the ring wrestling or nothing. He ain't gonna be that guy. He he'll be the guy outside the ring. Watching, he ain't going to be the guy inside the ring participating at all. He don't want nothing to do with that. He'll stay on the hoop court. Just got to get him in a good weight program, man. Oh, he'll, 
Western Oregon just, you know. They'll, they'll, they'll take care of them. They'll take really good care of them. I did want to pass along this text message that we received on uh, the Sam and Ash text line. 69187, keyword R&R. Uh, Tom is very active. I mentioned it multiple times. Tom's very active on the text line. I do appreciate that. He said, uh, I wish I could I could live in the optimistic world that Vinny and Hondo live in. Seen this film too many times. Not falling for basically a, a banana in the tailpipe until they prove it. <laughs> I just like that. I like that that phrase better. Banana I mean, he 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 worded it he worded it better, but I just like the banana in the tailpipe because that's basically what he meant. He's not going to fall for that until he sees it. And that's okay. That's I mean, again, the thing about Raider Nation is it's been so long and it's been so long since the team has been realistically in a position to make a run in the playoffs. Even when they did in 2016 go to the playoffs, everyone knew that it was a wrap because Derek hurt himself. Or he didn't hurt himself, but he got hurt. And it stunk. And I'll tell you, as a guy who was at that playoff game, that wild card game against the Texans, I was there in Houston. If they have Derek Carr, they win that game. They had Connor Cook making his first NFL start in a playoff game. Who did Houston have? J.J. Watt. No, no, no. Court, court Doesn't back. matter. Oh, I just wanted to Doesn't know. matter. They had J.J. Watt and they had they had Jadavion Clowney on the other side and they had Connor Cook. The Raiders had Connor Cook as the quarterback. They never had a chance. As much as Raider Nation wanted to hype it up, oh, it's next man up, next man up. No, not that man. He's not even in the league anymore. Not even in the league. They didn't have a chance. But that's just how, how things shake out sometimes. You got to roll with what you got. It's not, you know. If you could choose when a guy's going to get injured, it sure wouldn't be an injury that ends the season and it sure wouldn't be heading into the playoffs. But that's what happened. So it's just been so long. That's why Raider Nation is like Tom. He's gun shy. He's gun shy about getting excited. So thank you for that. Just win, Wendy. Thank you for your tweet. Thank you for all the calls that we received. Joey in the 559. Definitely appreciate you. Coming up next, my guy, Vinny Bonsignor. Raider Nation Radio 920. I talked to him earlier. Plus, he's from the Las Vegas Review Journal as well. In the huddles coming up next for the next couple hours. He's going to hold it down, let you see or hear some more thoughts from training camp today. We'll be back tomorrow. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.